Good morning, good morning. Hope everybody um uh, it's early as hell right now. What time is it? Four fifteen. Um hope everybody's had a good week so far. Um you know, I know it's been a while since y'all well, I don't say it's been a while since y'all heard from her, but you know what I mean. Uh so yeah, like I said, hope everybody's doing good. So in 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 regards to this episode, I gotta wrap a little verse, you know what I'm saying? Still, I'm having memories of high speeds when the cops crash. As I laugh, pushing the gas with my Glock splash. We was young and we was dumb, but we had heart in the dark. But we survived through the bad parts. Um, so, yeah, man, I could have kept rapping that verse. Um, so, uh, yeah, man, I uh, so the I, like I'm not going to even say the premise of this episode, but I finally 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 saw the uh interview with uh mr billy garland and for those who don't know who billy garland is that's tupac's biological father um first and foremost uh, i just want to say rest in peace to tupac um you know i'm not one of these people that you know you see the i mean Pac will always be a big name and anything that comes up regarding tupac or even just mentioning his name will, will get you a lot of views and clicks and stuff like that so i'm not one of these people that uses Pac name, Pac's name for clout or that wants to disrespect him cough cough lad um you know in any way like that um like i said i've been growing up i've been listening to Pac since i was five years old um he was the first rapper's music I gravitated towards. I think I told the story on here last time on the previous episode, but if I didn't, I'll tell it now. I never forget, man, my uncle, and I'll name drop, <clears throat> my uncle Brad, a.k.a. Old School, salute to him. He was outside watching his truck. i never forget he had a green Dodge Ram, um, and he was watching his truck. It had to be like a Saturday or something like that. Because those that know, especially in the South, you know, like Saturdays, that's the day to get your, like, you know what I mean, go to the barbershop wash your truck I like your car or whatever you know what i'm saying that's just that day barbecue a little bit if you need to whatever you know what i mean college football on stuff like that but i never forget so i so i went outside with him and he was playing a song i was just bobbing my head to the beat and the song was to live and die in la um track four people like damn bro like you know that's hey bro i'm telling y'all bro like that that seven day theory album by tupac was my what was my favorite album for years you know what i mean now me against the world is it's like the seven day theory or i still have that album in high regard but you know like as i'm getting older and the more i can relate to Pac, you know what i'm saying because Pac was my age when he um you know eventually passed away but i'm like damn like this I like I can definitely relate to Tupac a lot, you know what I'm saying. So, um, so yeah, man. Like I was saying, that song "To Live or Die in L.A." came on, and I heard the beat. And like I said, I, I mean, I heard it because my uncle had the music blasting, and I heard that little part in the beginning where the woman was talking and she was interviewing this man, and she was like, "How do you feel about Tupac's record?" And then the dude was like, "I love Tupac's new record." And she was like, "Right, but don't you think that?" That, that creates tension between East and West. He's talking about killing people. I had sex with your wife and not in those words. He's even talking about, I want to see you deceased. I love pops in the background. Then the music came on and that beat, that beat dropped off. I came outside by my head. <laughs> my uncle looked up. He would laugh. He said, boy, what you mean? He said, boy, you like that? I said, man, what's that on? He said, that's that Tupac. I said, oh, yeah. Kept by my head. Man, I'm going to stay outside. I think I did stay outside, yeah. Like, I stayed outside the rest of the day with him. Or not the day, but the time he was watching the truck. I stayed outside just listening to Pac. Like I said, I like to live and die in L.A. That was the first Pac song. Or, yeah, that was the first song I listened to by Pac. I'm like, damn. Like I said, I was five years old, man. Um, So, like I said, man, uh, first and foremost, a rest in peace to Tupac. Um, salute to the Art of Dialogue for actually giving Mr. Billy Garland, and and uh, like I said, that's Tupac's biological father. Well, I don't even have to say biological father. That's Tupac's father. Um, you know, the platform and the voice to, or them giving him the platform to actually tell his side of the story. Because truth be told, man, like the father's side of the story it's never really heard like that to begin with. And I'll go as far as to say the father's side of the story isn't cared to be heard from like that. You know what I mean? 
um, especially especially the black fathers. Like I know somebody could say, well, I mean, you know, black fathers aren't the only ones that go through that. But true. But I mean, no disrespect, but I don't really care about what other races of men go through. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a quote-unquote black man, and I like speaking. Well, I ain't going to say I like, but I speak on issues that a lot of black men deal with. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not going to care about what a non-black man is going through, just like a non-black man isn't going to care about what a black man is going through. I mean, people could say that's messed up of me to say, but come on now. Let's, I'm, I mean, come on now. Let's be honest. We all do it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. But, I mean, it's something we all do because it's like, why would you worry about something else that's going on in somebody else's home or community, you know, speaking, you know what I'm saying, to to kind of use that example. Like, why would I worry about something that's going on in the white community or the Hispanic community or the Asian community or Chinese community when I'm not a part of that community and vice versa? Why would those, why, why would those different other races of people be concerned about something that's going on in the black community? You know what I mean? So, but like I said, like a lot of black fathers, we don't get the chance to actually have our side of the story heard because, I mean, let's not, I mean, let's just be honest, man. Like we're in a day and age where a woman, we could say it's always been like that, but especially, especially nowadays, I say, whew, man, <laughs> honestly, ever since the father was moved out of the home, that's what women were believed more, you know, and and that's a dangerous thing, you know, like I like automatically just believe in one side of the story, you know, whether that side of the story be the truth or false. I mean, it's it's definitely dangerous because it's always three sides to every story. You know what I mean? And just listening to uh, Mr. Garland in the interview. And the resemblance between him and Pac is crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even watching him, like, his certain mannerisms and interviews, I'm like, yeah, this is a definite Tupac's father. Like there's, there's, like, there's no denying that. You know what I mean? Like, even because Mr. Garland said at a point in the interview, he was like, yeah, man, when I was much younger, like, you know, Pac, you know, me and Pac looked just alike. And I'm like, I can still see the resemblance, although, you know, Pac, like I said, he was 25 when he passed away. So we didn't get to see Pac look older or get older so to say <clears throat> but then they showed a side-by-side picture of like mr garland when he was 25 and pocket 25 i'm like man this like here like how how they say you know like how they say like once a son looks just like his father people will say like damn he spit him out basically like that's less less really you know what I'm saying what happened like this man looked just like tupac or tupac resembled his father a lot like i said by his mannerisms and his cadence and things like that <clears throat> excuse me like yeah like i said that was definitely tupac's or that's definitely tupac's father um and just from watching the interview i'm just gonna give my review and my thoughts on it um and, and like i said man first and foremost uh salute to the art of dialogue for actually giving him the platform i don't i forgot the gentleman's name to interview him but I'm going to say I messed up for this. But I'm glad the other dude did not did not interview Mr. Uh, Garland. And the reason I say that, because the other dude, he'll ask some off-the-ball shit. <clears throat> and for those who, who've who seen that platform, all the dialogue, like, know what I'm talking about. The other dude, like I said, I forgot his name, man. Like, he'll ask a question like, okay, I'm just, I'm just using an example. He'll be like, so, uh, Mr. Garland, um, and like I said, I'm just being... You know, using it as up here, but like, so Mr. Garland, a fiendish Shakur said that you won shit, and uh, Tupac said and Dear Mama that, you know, you was a coward and you won there, and then you passed away. How'd that make you feel, yo? Like, what type of fucking question is that, dude? Like, bro, this ain't no, that, that's, that's not a question to ask in no damn interview. That's, that's stupid, motherfucker. But no, man, um, yeah, so it definitely was a great interview. Um, I, and I've always said I was gonna watch it. It never did, but, like, today, or, like, I've been up for a little while. I woke up, I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and watch this interview now. And, like I said, man, what he said, what Mr. Garland said, I think a lot of black fathers, I don't even say I think, like, what Mr. Garland said a lot, and I mean a lot of black fathers can definitely relate to, you know what I mean, especially the single ones. Even if you're married, I like in my opinion, I think you can still relate to it to uh to what Mr. Garland said, because he talked about when Pac was a baby, he used to keep him. Because um, Mr. Garland, if I remember correctly, I think he said he had six kids in total. 
including Tupac, and two of them passed away. Uh, rest in peace to his other child as well. I think he said his other child recently just passed away like two months ago, so I want to send my condolences to him on that because no parent should have to, you know, um, bury a child that alone too. You know what I mean? But, yeah, so like I said, he had other children besides Pac and things like that. So he said, yeah, he bring Pac around and, you know, and like he said, and, and he told a story because he brought, you know, because they, uh, they lived on the East Coast at the time, of course. And he told a story about like how he used to bring Pac to like the basketball course and stuff like that when Pac was like three and things like that and he and and it was funny because he said that other people were thinking that Tupac was his, was one of his other kids because that's how much they looked alike um so I was like man I thought that was that was pretty cool well I ain't gonna say pretty cool but I thought that was interesting within itself um then he said he lost contact with Pac you know what I mean and you know he didn't he lost contact with him and he didn't see him for like he said after that you know what I mean? Like, last one, Afeni and Tupac, they moved around a lot. And, you know, they were this address, that address, you know. So I can see how, how it was tough for Mr. Garland to actually keep up with Tupac. Like I said, I don't I don't, I don't, don't know the parameters of, you know, uh, he and Miss Afeni Shakur's relationship. I don't know what happened. None of us really do. The only two people that know what that, that, that really happened is... Mr. Garland and uh, and Afeni, those are the only two people that really know what happened between them. You know what I mean? So all of us on the outside, we can speculate and give our or quote unquote give our give our opinions or whatnot. But truth to the fact of the matter is that those two really know the truth. You know what I mean? So yeah, so I can see how. You know, and he also said, Mr. Garland said in that interview, and I'm a paraphraser because I really do recommend for all the Tupac supporters or whatever the case may be, like definitely check the interview out. Like, I don't know if they have the interview out, like, because you know how they split interviews up in segments. Like, I saw the segments that I'm assuming he posted. I didn't see anymore. So, I, I, like, I just wish, I mean, I, I get why they do that from a content perspective. But at the same time, like, damn, bro, like, I want to see this whole interview. You know what I mean? Like, this is the father of the most influential rapper ever. I mean, I'm not breaking news by calling Tupac the most influential rapper ever. How do we know Tupac is the most influential rapper ever? But uh, before I continue more on the interview, um, I mean, I saw a post yesterday. Tupac is the 40, 41st most streamed Spotify artist. And given the fact that Pac's been dead, September would be 27 years. You know what I mean? Pac died pre-social media, pre-streaming platforms, pre-all this shit. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't no SoundCloud and Spotify and Apple Music and none of this shit when Pac was alive. You know what I mean? Given the fact that he's ahead of artists like Megan Thee Stallion and all these other artists. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, like, it's a lot of artists. Pac is over. You know what I mean? As far as, like, streams go. But and the fact of his birthday is next week, so I'm so I'm I'm pretty much expecting that that number will grow exponentially. What it should um yeah, what was he forty first? I definitely can see him or the strains going up, you know what I mean? But so yeah, and I'm like, this is the father of the most influential rapper. Like I wanna see this interview, just one big interview. I don't care if it's an hour, I don't care if it's an hour and a half, I don't care if it's two hours. Like if I'm interested in it, you know what I'm saying, I'll definitely watch I'll watch the three hour interview before to be honest with you. Um or a three plus hour long interview. It was when Buster Rounds was on Drink Champs. I watched that whole interview. I forgot how long it was exactly, but I but I do know it was longer than three hours. Could have been four hours. I watched the whole interview, like no bullshit, from like start to finish. I watched that whole interview. So, but yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, so Mr. Garland said that the next time he saw Pac after that, after he lost communication with them, was when when Tupac was in juice, and when he said it, I'm like, I don't think people really understood what Mr. Garland just said. Like he saw his kid or he saw his son or he had a son when he was a baby pretty much a toddler still and he lost contact with him all those years and 
and like I said, whatever happened, only Mr. Garland and the, and, and Afeni really know what happened. Uh, I'm not going to side with either one. I know a lot of people automatically, like I said earlier in the podcast, a lot of people want to automatically just side with the woman. But I'm like, there's always another side to it. And that's why they say it's three sides to every story. It's your side, my side, and the truth. You know what I mean? Um, But, do I mean, who do I lean more towards? I mean, I'm not leaning more towards, um, like like, I believe in the truth. I mean, regardless of if if it's a man or a woman, I do believe in the truth. But the problem is nowadays, like, um, you know, whatever the woman, like whatever the woman says is taking this gospel and the truth. And that's not always the case. You know what I'm saying? And like I mentioned a little while ago or earlier in the episode, rather, I'm sorry, like a lot of like black men or a lot of black fathers can definitely relate to what Mr. Garland was saying. And I like to read the comments, you know what I mean, to check the climate and of the comments and what people are saying and whatnot. And to my surprise, that's the only thing that really surprised me. I'm not, believe it or not, I'm not actually surprised about what Mr. Garland said. Just for the simple fact of we, like, we've, I mean, we've seen that dynamic a lot in the black community, you know what I'm saying? Like, the father will want to be there for his child. And for whatever reason, let's just be honest, the mother will keep, that said child away from the father for whatever reason and Mr. Garland brought up and Mr. Garland also brought up before Tupac became worldwide or became known and famous or whatnot he said that he said that um he said that Tupac would talk to him you know when he and Pac reconnected of course he was like yeah man like I just always felt like the black sheep of the family so to say and he said that, you know, when Pop was in the house with his mother and, you know, other people that he was made fun of because he didn't look like them. Translation, Tupac was like his father. So, you know, it's that whole dynamic as well, which is something else that happens in the black community. Like if it's a single mother and she has a son and that son more times than not is going to resemble the father. I'm not saying the I'm not saying that the. Uh, Son can't look like the mother. That's not what I'm saying. But a lot of times, like that son does favor the father. You know what I mean? And and in Tupac's case, he I mean he looked just like his father. You know what I'm saying? Just and this is just me seeing him now. You know, seeing an older version of him. So when he was much younger, I can definitely see them. You know, because they've taken pictures together. They've I'm like damn, like this man looks just like (laughs) like they look just alike. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of women don't like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm just be honest. Like a lot of women don't like the fact that that their that that their child or that their son resembles the father that much. You know, because it's always in that mother's eyes. It's it's like a reminder of that that man. You know what I mean? So so when Mr. Garland said it, I'm like, yeah, I can I can definitely believe it. You know, and then. Mr. Garland also said that Pac said, he said, yeah, once I got money, he said, yeah, that's when I became the golden child pretty much, you know what I'm saying? But before that, hell no, like I wasn't viewed like that. And I think that's also something that a lot of black, black, um, black men can relate to, especially growing up in matriarchal environments because, and somebody made a comment on, on, on the, uh, on one of the videos I watched and I wholeheartedly agree. They said that, they felt like if um, if Mr. Garland was allowed to be involved more in Tupac's life, and I say allowed because, like I said, man, women they basically they dictate if the father is present in, the, in their child's life or not. Because you can have a father wanting to be in his child's life, and you know you can have a father wanting to be there for that child, you know, trying to reach out to that child, and whatever the case may be. But at the same time, it's ultimately up to the mother. You know what I mean? Like, the mother can say, oh, well, I don't want you around. And a lot of women are like that. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of women, they'll say things like, yeah, like, I'll make sure that the kids hate you and I'll turn the kids against you and blah, blah, blah. Because women know whatever they, like, whatever they say, people are going to take and run with. You know, that's, that's just the day and age we're in. That's the society we're in. You know what I mean? So women use that to that to, to uh, their advantage. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, so, um, but back to that comment, 
um, that comment stated that they felt like Tupac would have been, I'm not going to say a lot, well, to paraphrase the comment, it was like, yeah, like I felt like Tupac would have been alive to this day if he had Mr. Garland there more because, you know, single parent, um, children growing up in single parent households, like they have that imbalance, you know, and when it's like a single mother raising a, raising a son, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, because we're not kind of like, cause, because women are more, are more, because women are more emotional, you know, so they're teaching their son to be emotional instead of being rational, like how men are naturally designed to be. We're designed to be rational, and women are, because um, because women are emotional by nature, and we're and men are natural by nature or more rational by nature. Rather, I'm sorry. So, so like I said, and and I wholeheartedly agree with that comment. You know what I mean? Because they talked about the imbalances of, you know, growing up in a single mother household or single parent household and things like that. And I agree. And they also brought up the point, you know, Pac was moving around a lot when he was a child uh, or when he was a child rather. So, you know, so it, so growing up, you know, he really, like he really didn't have that stability, so to say, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, man, it definitely was a great interview. I do recommend, you know, the Tupac supporters do watch it because y'all know me, man. I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not one of these because y'all know, man. I'm, I'm not too fond of watching documentaries about Tupac. I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm not saying I know everything about Tupac, but I'm like, how many documentaries is it on Tupac? They got their little fake ass movie all eyes on me. I, I still haven't watched that shit and don't plan on watching it. Um, matter of fact, I remember when the I remember the time period when that movie first came out because my cousin, I remember he asked me because everybody in my family and that know me know, you know, Tupac's my favorite rapper ever. Um, so he asked me, he was like, man, you going to see the movie? I said, man, fuck that movie. He started laughing. He said, damn, man, I thought Pac was your boy. I'm like, shit, he is, but man, I'm not seeing that shit. He said, why, bro? I said, man, first of all, bro, I don't, I don't know why they keep making all these Tupac documentaries and movies and shit like that, bro. I'm like, bro, I already know what the fuck happened. Like, why Like, why would I want to watch a movie? Because isn't that the purpose of watching a movie? You want to see something that you've never seen before, right? You know what I'm saying? So why would I want to watch a movie when I already know how it's going? I mean, he dies in the end. You know what I'm saying? Not to sound like that, but it's true. I'm like, okay, he was born on the East Coast. You know what I mean? Then he out, then he moved to Baltimore. Then he ultimately moved to Cali and things like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, I know all of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know his name was MC New York, or that was his first rapper name when he started rapping. Like, I know these things. I know he was in Digital Underground. Like, I know that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Like, why the fuck do I need to watch a movie? You know what I'm saying? Like, honestly, what? Like, what can that movie, the All Eyes on Me movie, have to have shown me anything about Pac? I didn't already know. You know what I'm saying? Now, like I said, salute to the art of dialogue because it's like, okay, we get to hear the father, you know? And not only that, this is the father of the most influential rapper ever. So I'm like, of course I'm going to want to. Now, that's interesting. Now, that I'll gladly tune in to, you know what I'm saying? But the Dear Mama documentary, truth be told, y'all, no disrespect. I don't, I don't plan on watching that either. You know what I'm saying? Um, and somebody actually made a comment. <laughs> it was funny. They were like, well, where's the Dear Dad uh, song? I'm like, well, they ain't getting that. Ain't no Dear Dad songs coming. The Dear Mama songs are there, but the, the, but the Dear Dad songs, nah. <laughs> Shit, the only time fathers, we, hell, the only time, and I say we because I'm a father as well. Um, you know, the only time the black fathers get mentioned is shit in a negative connotation. You know what I'm saying? Black fathers don't get celebrated like that. We don't get appreciated for, you know, black fathers are the, really the unsung heroes of the community. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying everything that we do, we need to be celebrated for, but at the same time, you know, because a real father will tell you that, you know, it's just like, you know, when I do things for my daughter, you know, like a father's supposed to do, take care of her, feed her, you know, spend quality time with her, things of that nature, she'll thank me. And I'm like, baby, you don't have to thank me for that. You know what I'm saying? Then she'll say, okay, dad, dad, and all this stuff, and go back to playing and, and laughing at me and stuff. Like, well, not laughing at me, but, but cracking jokes and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And that's another thing I noticed, too. Um, you know, like when a child, like let's say a man and a woman have a child, they're not together, but the man is there for the child, and that man and child has a great relationship. Oh, that'll make the mother bitter. 
you know what I'm saying? Do not be surprised by how, uh, like, don't be surprised by the lengths that a bitter woman will go through to get back, quote unquote, get back at a man. You know what I'm saying? And what's the worst way to get back at a man? Turn his own seed against him. You know what I'm saying? Whether that be his son or his daughter, especially if if it's his son, because that's like this, like like his son is 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 literally him reincarnated. You know what I'm saying? Like his like a man's son is him reincarnated. That's that's who's going to carry on his legacy when the father is no longer on earth and things of that nature. Like he's going to keep the family name going or that father's last name going. You know what I mean? So just for the simple fact, you know, like women, when they get bitter after breakups or whatever the case may be, they'll try to turn the kids against you or your child or children against you. That's like, that's what they do. Like I said, man, do not be surprised the lengths that a bitter woman will go to or will go to just to get back, quote unquote, get back at a man. You know what I mean? Um, and like I said, could I mean, could that have possibly happened between Afeni and, and uh, Mr. Garland? I mean, we don't know. That appears to be the case. Like I said, I don't really know the parameters of their relationship or what caused them to break up or whatever the case may be. But like I said, only those two know that information. You know what I mean? Only, only, only those two know that information. You know what I mean? So, so like I said, man, it was definitely a great interview. Um, it shed light, and of course, it's not gonna get talked about like that. The Dear Mama documentary will, will definitely get more publicity of course even though father's day is next weekend next sunday actually um you know what i mean so of course it'll so so of course the dear mama documentary will get more publicity than you know tupac's father you know talking about you know his son and you know how he was trying to contact him all those years and wasn't able to and how he was how he how Mr. Garland and Pac both were were both lied to essentially because uh, Mr. Garland also stated because Mr. Garland also stated that he was told that Tupac didn't want to see him, which wasn't the case at all. You know what I mean? He went into detail about that. You know, I'm not going to go into detail about everything he said. You know, like I said, I want to lead it up to the viewer. You know what I mean? I'm just giving like an overview. Um, Yes, I'm just giving an overview of my thoughts on the interview. I don't want to talk about everything he said word for word, but and of course I'm leaving some stuff out because, like I said, I want y'all to check out that interview on the Art of Dialogue. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, like I said, man, like when like when a woman wants to get back at you for whatever reason, nine times out of ten is because she's bitter because of the breakup because women can't handle rejection. I mean, I'm I'm not breaking news by saying that women don't know how to deal with rejection. They like they don't know how to handle breakups well. You know what I'm saying? Well hell nowadays men don't know how to handle breakups and rejections well. You know what I'm saying? But to stay on the topic. You know, to stay on topic, like women don't know how to deal with breakups and deal with you know what I mean? Because women always think just because a man doesn't want to be with them, they just automatically think that the man doesn't want anything to do with that child. Now, does that happen? Like, yeah, like, yeah, you do have deadbeat men out here who don't give a fuck about their children. I mean, like I say, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a truth teller. You know what I'm saying? I'm not pro man. I'm not pro woman. I'm pro truth. You know what I mean? And, and the truth is the truth. Now, are there deadbeat fathers out here? Absolutely, there are, but. The deadbeats, like the few deadbeats that there are, will always get more publicity over the men who are actually out here providing for their children, being there for their children. Because I think a lot of men in that situation, they just automatically think like sending a child money is them being there. I'm like, yeah, you're providing financial assistance or financial support, but being there for a child or being a father is means more than just sending money. You know what I'm saying? And I get it. I mean, you're not with the mother. I'm I mean, like like I mean I'm not with my child's mother either. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not letting that and I never did let that stop me from still being there for my child. You know what I'm saying? I'm not throwing shade at Mr. Garland or anything because he actually did attempt to keep in contact with Pac, but like I said, they moved around a lot and you know, for whatever reason, Ophini didn't want him there. And like I said, you should definitely, I do recommend watching the, um, watching the interview to actually, 
you know, get Mr. Garland's perspective on that more because I don't want to tell the interview word for word because I look at it like if I tell it word for word, then what's the point of saying the interview if I'm just, you know what I'm saying, if I'm just tell you everything Mr. Garland said, you know what I mean? But like I say, man, like a lot of, like there definitely are more good fathers out here than there are bad fathers, you know what I'm saying, and especially in the black community. And what's the stigma on black fathers, especially the young ones, like witches out here getting all these different women pregnant, not being there for our children. Now, like I said, are there men out here who are serial impregnators, so to say? Absolutely, there are. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying that every man who has a child is in the right for the things he's done or whatever the case may be. But what I'm saying. Damn, I'm not in talk for 30 damn minutes. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't expect to talk this long, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why y'all ain't tell me to shut up? Shit, I bet y'all like, damn, bro. But no, nah, man. Um No, nah, so like I said, man, I know that every father is not in the right. You know, because like I said, there are men who are serial impregnators, like we saw that viral TikTok of the dude. Hey, y'all may know what I'm talking about. Um, the dude had that he claimed he had like seven kids, but he, he could definitely possibly have more, but he just claimed the seven. And he talked about, oh, it's the woman's fault for keeping the baby because he said that, you know, he wasn't going to be there for them and all that other shit. But I'm like, bro, you, I mean, you did choose to let loose or, um, or, or you did choose to ejaculate in those women. Nobody told you to do that. You know what I'm saying? So there are those men out there, but those men will, also, will always get get shown more because they want this image and because they want that image of, oh, all black fathers are like that. Um, but instead of actually showing how a lot of black fathers are, you know, we're the, like, like we're protectors, we're providers, we're there for our child or children, you know what I mean? And things to that nature. But, but yeah, man, that's just, that's just how it goes, man. Like women, they do have quote unquote power in this society. And we can, uh, us as men, we can say it's wrong, we can say it's messed up, we can say they abuse power, but who, but I asked a rhetorical question, and I'm not defending the women at all by saying this or asking this question, but, I mean, but realistically speaking, um, how do I want to say this? Like, realistically speaking, like, whoever is in power, who doesn't abuse their power? You know what I'm saying? And that's a rhetorical question because when you know you have an advantage over someone, you're going to take advantage of that advantage, right? Take advantage of that advantage. I like that. Boy, you can't have a like a speech impediment or a stuttering problem trying to say that. Boy, you... <laughs> shit, you're going to be like... You're going to be saying this shit. But, yeah, like if you have an advantage over someone or if something works out in your favor, you're going to use that to your advantage. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I'm not going to say I, I understand it, but I get it. You know what I'm saying? Why do women do it? Because they look at it like, oh, well, if all else fails, they'll just believe me. And by who is they or who is the they that I'm referring to, the court system will, the court of public opinion will, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, women definitely do use that to their advantage. Um, I think it's very unfortunate because at the end of the day, the children are ultimately the ones who suffer the most. I know women try to, like I said, those bitter women that try to get back at, quote unquote, try to get back at the dads, you know what I'm saying? And I think that whole trying to get back at somebody is shit is childish to begin with, you know what I'm saying? And that's why, you know, I've heard a lot of men compare women and children. They say women are like children. And to that, I agree, because when a woman doesn't have their way, just like a, just like a child throws a temper, just like a child throws a temper tantrum, women do the same, but they do it in a different way. Oh, like, let's say a woman approaches you and you're not interested in her or you're not attracted to her physically. Because as a man, you have that right. Just because a woman approaches you, you don't have to, quote unquote, reciprocate that energy just because a woman finds you attractive. If she's not your type, if you don't want to mess with her in that way, as a man, you have that right. You don't have to deal with every woman that wants to deal with you or that finds you appealing. I mean, not as a heterosexual man, is it good? Like, is it good to want to be or that, that or like, is that feeling there? You know what I'm saying? That, like, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, that feeling is, I mean, it's a good feeling, but it's like, you don't have to accept everything that's offered to you. You know what I mean? So, 
you know, the first thing you like that happens, you know, after you quote unquote reject a woman was the first thing that, that I mean that she does. She'll say you gay, she'll say you dig a little, she'll say this and that, she'll spread rumors about you, all because she couldn't take you saying, Oh, you appreciate it but you're not interested like that. You know what I'm saying? On the flip side of that, when a man approaches a woman, he just has to deal with it. But when a man but when a man rejects a woman, the man is deemed quote unquote gay. But the woman rejects a man, that's just a part of the game. You know what I'm saying? And the man has to deal with that. You know what I mean? And to an extent I agree because I do believe that men should know how to deal with rejection. Because men should, especially at an early age, because in my opinion, the more or the earlier that men experience and learn that, the better. Because as they get older, like you don't want men thinking that the world revolves around them. You know what I mean? Because you get men who don't know how to handle rejection and once somebody tells them no or things don't go their way, they they throw temper tantrums and you know what I'm saying? And all this other stuff happens. So so yeah, man, I do think that men definitely do need to experience rejection or know how to deal with things when they don't go their way. Because I mean it's life. Everything isn't always gonna go your way. I don't care how much money you have, I don't care whatever you claim that you think you may do or whatever the case may be, I mean, life happens to us all. You know what I'm saying? So, again, no amount of money can can save you from going through life. None of us are above anything or none of us are above the trials and tribulations that this life throws at us, you know what I mean? So, I, and, and like I said, I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how much money you have or what you claim to do or whatever. I mean, all of us are going to go through the trials and tribulations. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, man, like I was saying, though, um, women like to do things like that. They like to use the kids to get back at the man because they're bitter for whatever reason towards that man or men. Um, so... Yeah, man, like I said, it's very unfortunate. But like I said, at the end of the day, the kids are the one who end up suffering. Because truth be told, in those matriarchal environments, especially when it's a son or sons are involved or little boys are involved, they're not told the truth. You know what I'm saying? The daughters are not told the truth as well. But I'm mainly putting more emphasis on the son because I look at, I look at, um, like how I look at a son growing up in a matriarchal environment when, especially in the black families too, I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, in a black family, it's, it's more women than men. You know what I'm saying? You'll have a son, you know, I'm just like, you know, I mean, you may have a son and he may or may not have a male sibling and he'll have a few uncles and that may be it. But if you look at the women, it's the mother, sister, or it's the mother, the aunt, the grandmother. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's it's like like it's you know what I'm saying? Like it's more women than it is men. So, you know, just from that aspect of it, like the children are not really told the truth. You know what I'm saying? And if and and if you're a man growing up, or if you're a young boy or young man or whatever growing up in a matriarchal environment. I mean, I hate to say this, but it's true. I mean, you're more privy to being lied to than you are telling the truth because women don't want how they really are. Like women don't want um, to really expose them or show themselves to be who they really are, especially to their sons, you know, because their sons, they, you know what I'm saying? Because their sons are proverbially or, you know, speaking or generally speaking, like their sons are the uh, men of the house, you know what I mean? So... They kind of want to have that. I'm not saying it's all single mothers, but a lot of them have kind of like that. They look at their sons like an extension of their husband, so to say. You know what I'm saying? And what I mean by that, like I said, the son, that's the man in the house. He, he's bringing in money. He's That's why a lot of times, especially if it's a younger son, or, or I'm sorry, especially if it's like, let's say if it's two siblings and the older sibling is a boy, that's why he'll you know, more times than not, he'll go through and experience the most bullshit in the family because he's the man of the house, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of young black men are made out to be men in the houses or men of the homes, rather, shit, in their early teens, if not younger, 
depending on the situation. But generally speaking, like a, like a lot of young black men, you know, in matriarchal environments are really set up to fail. I know some people may not like me saying that. I really don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm here for real, man. Like, you know, I don't give a damn, man. Like, you know, and that's what I mean. Like, as soon as you say the truth, like the truth never really brought people together. The truth has always separated. And the truth would always separate. But I look at it like, well, I mean, you can never say that I lied to you or whatever the case may be. So then at the end of the day, you may not like what's being said, but hey, it's the truth. So you got to respect it. You know what I'm saying? You may not like it and you don't have to like it, you know, but I mean, hey, somebody got to tell the truth, right? You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, man. Um, but yeah, like I said, as far as the uh, interview, um, because all this does pertain, so I'm not going to say I got off topic because it's, it's different layers to that, to the interview and to what Mr. Garland said and, you know, the things that black fathers go through on a day-to-day basis that don't get talked about. Truth be told, people don't care to talk about. People don't care about what the father has going on or what he's going through or what he experienced. And I can't tell y'all how many comments that, that um, and that's why I use the example of the, of the uh, of the um, of the young man growing up in a matriarchal environment because I can't tell y'all I was scrolling through one comment yeah my mom lied to me about my dad and you know like it was just one comment in particular that stood out it was a guy um, I don't know how old he is but he said that um, he said that yeah man like and like during the time like I said I'm, I'm like I paraphrase a lot I'm not saying it word for word but. He was like, yeah, man, like I kind of find it fishy or I found it fishy. Like every time, you know, I would try to send, you know, because he's a high school graduate and he also graduated college. Salute to that brother for that. That's damn dope. Um, But he was like, yeah, like every time, you know, I would try to send my father and his side of the family, uh, you know, like invitations to graduations. Like my mom would kind of act funny, you know what I'm saying? And then one day he said it's his father sat him down and told him the truth. And he said he just broke down crying. You know what I'm saying? And I can't tell y'all how many comments I saw like that. Like, oh, my mom lied to me about my dad saying he didn't want to be there, saying he died, saying he left, he was a deadbeat. And then, you know, so after a while, you know what I'm saying? Like, like those children, like when they hear that, like, especially when they're younger. And I mean, you know, just just even on a surface level, like who are you going to believe? You're going to believe. And, and it's not a matter of believing one parent over the other. It's just the fact of, you know, whatever you're being fed on a day to day basis, regardless of if of if it's the truth or not, you're automatically going to believe it because you're around it so much. So quite naturally, if you're around something so much, you're automatically going to be prone to believe it. Right. You know what I mean? So that's 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 where a lot of young black men have resentment towards their fathers in these matriarchal environments. Um, Like a lot of these young men do have resentment towards their fathers. Like I said, every father isn't good or every man that ejaculates in a woman isn't a father. You know what I'm saying? You definitely do have your deadbeats out there. So, but what I'm saying is that the uh, deadbeats, the few deadbeats that there are, or the percentage of, well, I'm not going to say the few, but the percentage of deadbeats that there are are definitely heightened in the black community because they want to push this narrative. Excuse me, because they want to push this narrative on, you know, black fathers not being there for their children and things of that nature, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, man, I think I did enough talking. Um, I wasn't expecting this episode to be this long. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like I said, man, salute to uh, the Art of Dialogue for giving Mr. Billy Garland the platform to, to uh, you know, to actually tell his side of the story. It's very refreshing. It was very refreshing to hear it. Um, like I said, I'm not one too fond of all Tupac documentaries and Dear Mama documentaries, but hearing from Tupac's father, that's something I'd definitely be interested in. Um you know, and to and like to the black man, you know, I definitely do recommend, you know, listening to the interview because it's it's definitely I'm not gonna say it's eye opening because if you're aware of what happens in the black community then 
this is no different. You know what I'm saying? Just because it's Tupac, that doesn't mean, and this is what I meant by a little while ago, saying I don't care how much money you have. I don't care about how much fame or notoriety or fortune or whatever that you have. You know what I'm saying? None of us are immune to the bullshit of life. You know what I'm saying? And Pac experienced the bullshit that life had to offer to the umpteenth degree. You know what I'm saying? He experienced what, like exactly what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Tupac was robbed, essentially, of having that relationship with his father for whatever reason. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know the reasons why, but, I mean, given the fact of the evidence that was, you know, presented to us, I mean, hey, you can only go off the evidence, you know what I'm saying? If you're uh, catching, you know, if you... um, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, as the old folks say, that's <laughs> old school black shit right there. <laughs> Especially in the South, but I can't tell you how many times I heard my granddad say that he, like on my on my mom's side, he was like, "You picking up what I'm putting down?" I'm like, "What? <laughs> what? What?" He was like, "You picking up what I'm putting down? What are you putting down?" He said, "Boy, it's the saying. I don't give a damn what it is. Okay, shit don't make no sense. Nah, nah, I'm just playing. But you know what I mean. So." Yeah, man, like I said, I definitely do recommend. And like I said, for as long as I made this episode, I left a lot of details out. But I did that on purpose because, like I said, man, I um, I don't, you know, I don't want to tell the movie before you see it, you know, to give an example. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, don't you hate, like, when you try to watch a movie with somebody, they've seen it, but they, they talk during the whole damn movie and they tell you what's about to happen? It's like, bro, goddamn, you... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, we all know people like that. And shit, true, like, true, and truthfully speaking, like, a lot of us probably have done it. You know, we see a movie, like, oh, yeah, he about to die on this next part. You motherfucker, why the hell would you tell me that? You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, man, so like I said, I, um, yeah, like, I definitely do recommend, you know, checking that interview out whenever you get the chance to. Um, salute to uh, Mr. Billy Garland and salute to the Art of Dialogue for giving Mr. Garland that the opportunity to uh, tell his side of the story and to all the fathers out there who, you know, who I'm not going to even say who may, cause I know a lot of fathers I've seen them personally who go through this same dynamic, you know what I'm saying? Or go through, I'm sorry, go through the same situation. Um, you know, just always remember that everything will work itself out. I know things are not, and 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 I'm directing what I'm saying towards those fathers who who've gone through what Mr. Garland has gone through. Um, you know, I know things may not seem like they're working out in your favor right now, but trust me, everything will work its way out in the end, one way or another. You know what I mean? Just you just have to keep the faith, and you know, I mean, children always do make their way back to the truth. You know what I'm saying? Because the truth does have this way of, you know, coming out, you know what I'm saying? So just keep your head up. Yeah, keep your head up. Yeah, that's Tupac's on. Um, so keep your head up, take everything day by day, you know what I'm saying? And and, and, and with that, um, and I'm sorry, if and when that time comes, you know, if you're separated from your children and they happen to come back, you know, just, just be prepared to, you know, Tell, tell that child the truth, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's up to that child to accept it or not, you know? But at the end of the day, you have to be okay with, you know, as long as you got the truth out there to your child or to your children, that's all that matters, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, to the, to the, uh, to the men or to the young men or young boys who are growing up in those matriarchal environments, um, don't succumb, well, yeah, I, yeah, I said like don't succumb to the bullshit around you. I know it's easier said than done because a lot of young black men are in those matriarchal environments. They're down talked on a day to day basis, especially the older siblings. You know what I mean? They're told how much they're not going to amount to shit, how much they're not gonna be shit, how they just like their damn daddy and blah blah blah. And you know, I mean, we know the shit that that's being said in in those environments. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, like I said, man, it's similar to what I told the fathers, man. It's like going through the same thing. You know, just take everything day by day. Look to remove yourself from that environment in a positive way. Don't join gangs. Don't 
be out on streets. Don't, like I said, don't succumb to the bullshit around you. And everything that looks good isn't good. You know what I'm saying? Somebody may appear to be doing good, but just because they appear to be doing good, that doesn't mean that they're doing good. To give an example, you know what I'm saying? To give a quick example, we've all seen or we've all thought that the popular kids in high school were just that. We always thought that, you know, they had life figured out and whatever the case may be. Come to find out, it's like, damn, like they went through the same shit I went through, if not worse. You know what I'm saying? They they just are, they they just are more known. You know, just because you're more known, that doesn't mean you're like you're immune to the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? I make the case if you are more known, you're more susceptible to the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Um. So yeah, man. To those young men or young boys going through that, keep your head up. Take everything day by day. Don't succumb to the bullshit. Because truth be told, we all succumb to an extent. Just don't, like I said, just don't lose yourself in the process. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, don't join the game. Don't, you know, don't be about no quote-unquote street life. Um, Like, remove yourself from that environment. You know, stack your money. Focus on having a sound mind. First, like, first and foremost, build your mind up first. Everybody want to talk about building your money up, but shit, you can't do. I mean, you shit, you can't get money if, if, shit, if your mind not right. You know what I'm saying? You can't really be conducive and be the best version of yourself if your mind and your soul is right. You know what I'm saying? So get your mind right, get your soul right, and the money will follow. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, I mean, we put so much emphasis on the money instead of, you know, the mental the mental aspect of it. You know, because making money is more mental than it is actually making. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah, I mean, obviously you can make money and blah, 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 whatever the case may be, but you got to have your mind right first and foremost, especially if you're looking to remove yourself from that environment because what happens naturally is you take those same traits that you have in that environment and you try to take that into a new environment and it's not going to work out you know what i'm saying it's just going to be the same thing the only difference is you won't be around those factors or around those naysayers so to say you know what i mean you'll be on your own but still the same thing will happen you know so but yeah, man, like I said, salute to uh, Mr. Billy Garland, Tupac's father, and salute to the Art of Dialogue for giving that platform. I know I said that a lot, but that was really a, a, a damn good interview, and it was refreshing, like, to actually let him talk, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, like I said, to the fathers out here, to the real good fathers out here, we salute you. We appreciate you, the hard work and sacrifices that you made and not go unnoticed, and yeah, man. I did a lot of damn talking. This man, I think this is my longest solo podcast. 52 goddamn minutes, boy. Y'all should have told me shit. No, why, man, look, why y'all didn't tell me shit up, bro? <laughs> why y'all didn't stop me, bro? <laughs> I'm on a, <laughs> I'm on the road right now, man. But no, like I said, man, definitely check that interview out when you, um, you know, like whenever y'all get the chance to. And yeah, man, that's that's pretty much it. I did a lot of goddamn talking. But yeah, man, y'all get off my damn phone.